Chapter Twenty Six of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. No Quarter by Thomas Main Reed. Chapter Twenty Six a dispatch cunningly conveyed the officers had separated into two groups one on each side the governor as the odd trinity of personages was presented to him these as they came up falling into line rob on the right the woman left and jack central as a pollard between two tall trees not yet aware of his colonel being in the room the sergeant as introducer of the other pair was about to make known their business of which winnie after all had given him a hint when sir richard stepped forward to interrogate them the knight had received instructions for this on account of his acquaintance with the party well sergeant he said after nodding recognition to jack and his sister what may your forest friends be wanting i hope they haven't got into any trouble with our soldiers or the bristol folk no sir richard nothing of that sort whatsoever they had just entered the city Comin' for Gloucester, and wi a message from Colonel Massey to his honor here. The speaker, by a look, indicated the head figure of the listening assemblage, then added, They think it be something o oh, very great concern, seein' how the colonel had told them not to lose a minute in the deliverin' of it at this all eyes turned eagerly upon the cagers the message from massey who commanded at gloucester and at such a crisis it should mean something of importance perhaps your excellency would prefer to hear it in private suggested sir richard with a feint at withdrawing imitated by the other officers no no rejoined the sedevant lawyer who unlike his co-fraternity was of aught but secretive habit stay gentlemen whatever it be we're all equally interested in it now my worthy friends he continued his glance alternating between the little man and big woman what is this matter with which colonel massey has entrusted you you may speak out openly and without fear the words of encouragement were superfluous neither jerky jack nor his sister were of the stuff to be affrighted though they stood in the presence of royalty itself they had travelled too far and seen too much of the world for that it be wrote your honor the woman it was who spoke the thing bein's all put down on paper and jack my brother sir had got it on him hid away 
as there was a fear us might meet the cavaliers well you needn't fear meeting them here so jack produce it which jack did though not presto on the instant it took some time with an amount of manipulation before the secreted hatch could be laid open to the light the cager's artificial leg had to be unstrapped and separated from what remained of the real one then a cavity in the former being uncorked disclosed to view a roll of paper bearing resemblance to a cartridge this drawn forth by jerky himself was handed to sir richard and passed on to the governor who having directed the temporary withdrawal of the messenger party unrolling it read gloucester march seven report here of rupert with eight thousand men on march for bristol expected to arrive before your gates early in the night be careful to keep them shut sorry i can do nothing for you in the way of diversion myself pressed on monmouthshire side brett and lord john somerset with their popish crew have crossed the forest and are now threatening us from Hynum but i'll hold gloucester at all hazards as i know you will bristol massey that will i cried Fiennes in a fresh burst of enthusiasm inspired by the last words of the dispatch hold and defend it to the death we will gentlemen needless to say they all again echoed his resolve loudly and determinedly as before while their responses were still ringing through the room the door was once more pushed open by a man who entered in haste without announcement of usher or introduction of any kind the expression upon his features was sufficient apology for intrusion but better the words that leaped from his lips soon as he was inside your excellency gentlemen all were standing upon a mine standing upon a mine echoed the governor explain yourself captain birch treason in our midst a conspiracy the conspirators met at this very moment where demanded several voices i heard first of a party in the house of robert yeomans and another at george bowsher's but i've since been told about more of them at edward dacres and they're assembled now you think i'm sure of it your excellency armed too ready for rising in view of the contents of massey's dispatch now hastily communicated to the volunteer captain this seemed probable as intelligible rupert to assault from the outside awing the loyal citizens by an attack sudden as unexpected the disloyal ones 
these conspirators to take advantage of it and act in concert a program beyond a doubt withal langrish and one or two others were disposed to discredit it for in that confidential council itself was a leaven of treason luckily not enough to control it and when fiennes put the question shall we arrest these men a majority of voices declared promptly and decisively in the affirmative captain birch said the governor once more turning to the young officer of volunteers you hear our determination i commit this matter to you who best know the guilty parties and the places take your own men and whatever other force you think necessary this gentleman will go with you as my authority for the requisition he referred to an aide-de-camp by his side who after receiving some directions in undertone parted from him and with birch hastily left the room scarce were they outside when another officer presented himself in the council chamber in haste also and unannounced on the plea of pressing matter a volunteer captain too for bristol had already raised more than one company of these citizen soldiers captain jeremiah buck it was the busy mercer as the restoration writers contemptuously style him but whatever he may have been otherwise he was a busy soldier too busy that night for royalist likings and brought further intelligence of the conspiracy obtained from other sources confirming that of birch and as the latter he also received instant commands to proceed on the arrest of the conspirators as there were several distinct clatches of them more than one force was needed to catch them simultaneously so commissioned off went buck to all appearance greatly elated and possibly indulging himself in the thought of satisfying some private spite whether or no the door that had closed behind him was still vibrating to the clash when one who needed no usher to announce him caught hold of its handle and pushed it open with an alacrity which proclaimed him also the bearer of tidings that would not crook delay what is it trevor asked sir richard walwyn advancing to meet his troop captain why have you left your guard at the gate because colonel panted out the young officer i've thought it better to come myself and make sure of the news reaching you in good time as the governor here what news prince rupert and the royalist army reported outside the city a countryman just come in says they are pitching tents 
on durham down and his reports confirmed by what i've myself seen from the top of the gate tower what saw you captain trevor asked the governor who with the other officers had been all the while anxiously listening a glare of light your excellency such as would proceed from the blaze of campfires this was confirmation full of massey's warning despatch the conspiracy everything but for better assurance of it the governor with the assembled officers rushed out of the council chamber and up to the castle donjon there to see the horizon lit up with a yellowish glare which as soldiers they knew to be the reflection from bivouac fires and a wide spread of them the sky illumined all over durham down away to king's weston rupert it must be he and his plundering host captain birch made quick work of the duty assigned to him in less than twenty minutes after receiving the governor's commands he stood before the door of robert yeoman's house demanding admission he had the strength at his back to enforce it his own volunteers afoot with a body of horse lest the conspirators should escape by flight and some of both distributed round the house already enfiladed it it was a large house its owner being one of the wealthy citizens of bristol forty men were within it all armed as the volunteer officer had been told at word of what was without they sprang to their arms some of the more courageous counselling fight but when they looked through the windows saw that formidable array and heard the stern summons surrender their hearts failed them and they surrendered wisely too had they resisted instant death would have been their fate for among the men with birch were some fresh from the affair of Serenchester, themselves escaped but leaving behind friends relatives even brothers butchered in cold blood exasperated maddened by the memory of that slaughter some of them with wounds still unhealed from it birch who was moderate as brave had a difficulty to restrain them from dealing out death to the malignants the troopers who accompanied him smarting under late reverses would have gladly hailed the order to fall on but the cowed conspirators submitted like sheep and were marched off to the castle every man jack of them there to meet other batches brought in by buck and the different officers who had been detailed for their arrest in houses here and there throughout the city parties of them were found and picked up all armed waiting for a signal to sally forth 
and shed the blood of their fellow citizens this had been denied but a letter from the barbarous lord byron to prince rupert puts the design beyond doubt but for the vigilance of the merchant soldier birch and the activity of the busy mercer buck that night the streets of bristol would have run blood and every house in it belonging to a parliamentarian been sacked and plundered for the head plunderer rupert he who introduced the word to the english language stood at that very hour on the top of king's weston hill awaiting a triple signal the bells of three churches to be rung st john's for summoning the royalist sailors that of st nicholas to call out the butchers for butchers were congenial to them while from the tower of st michael's he expected to hear a peal more especially meant for himself and his free booters as it were saying you may come on the gates of bristol are unbarred for you but he heard it not they who had been entrusted with the ringing of that fatal peal never rang it instead of bell ropes in their hands they now had manacles around their wrists and grim sentries standing guard over them rupert waited watched and listened till the break of day showed him the great seaport of the severn still calm its gates close shut its walls and towers bristling with armed men in attitudes that told them determined on its defence thinking had been made a fool of and feeling further betrayal he hastily beat retreat from durham down to seek the pillage of some city more easy of being entered the rising sun saw his back turned upon bristol he and his cavaliers venting loud curses reviling their partisans inside whose misleading correspondence had lured them to an expeditious ludicrous as bootless End of chapter 26